Well, welcome to Grace Wave Baptist Church. This is our Sunday School Hour for March 6th of 2022. And uh, it's a joy to welcome you and uh, to be able to share this with you and to uh, let you know what I'm thinking and uh, what my outline means because, man, sometimes it is hard to teach somebody else's material and that's why we take the time to do this so you teachers will know what in the world I'm thinking and you can take it and adapt it to your class. And then also I know that there are some others of you that if you're out of town or uh, sick or whatever, you can watch this video and you can keep up with Sunday School and thank you for doing that. We are uh, looking at March 6th and um, finishing up our New City Catechism. Can you believe we have been through 52 of these questions and answers? Hopefully we've learned, hopefully we have grown and we've thought a little deeper and a little more about things that we uh, might assume that we know, but there's a big difference between assuming that you know something and knowing something. Have you ever taken a test in school and uh, you said, oh, I know that, until you got the test. I remember uh, one time I thought I knew the material pretty well until they said, uh, list in order the five things of some particular deal. And uh, oh my goodness, that was so hard to put all that together. But you know what? It helped me because uh, from that point on, I guarantee you, I knew it after that. And sometimes going back over some of these basic things causes us to really grasp them and to know them because they really are important. So we'll finish it up today. And then um, starting next week, we're going to have a series where we're going to look at the miracles of Jesus. A little bit different. And uh, I think it'll be something that'll bless you and be enjoyable and bring glory to the Lord as we talk about what um, he has done and what he did while he was here on earth. And we'll try to make some practical applications on that into our own life and situation because they're not just for that time only. They, uh, they have practical application for now, which is why the Lord recorded it in his word for us. So with that being said, let's move on. What hope does everlasting life hold for us? What hope does everlasting life hold for us? Now, if you're uh, my age, you watched cartoons on Saturday mornings. Remember those days? And uh, if you watched, oh, I don't know, Tom and Jerry, Roadrunner. I love the Roadrunner. Uh, some of those Looney Tunes and those kind of things. What happened whenever they, uh, well, first of all, it was amazing what didn't kill them. You know, the coyote falls half a mile down the cliff and doesn't kill him, and then other times it does. What happens when it did kill him? Well, you would see him with a halo, and you'd see him with wings and with a harp kind of floating on a cloud, okay? Is that your view of heaven? Is that your view of eternity? Because if that's your view of eternity and everlasting life, sounds kind of boring, sounds kind of dull. And the only thing I could say is, well, it's better than the fires of hell. And that's not terribly exciting for a lot of people. But I want to tell you today, when the scripture says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him, 
I want to tell you, I'm excited about it because there's a whole lot more than strumming a harp, sitting on a cloud with a halo for eternity. It's, it's going to be more than just, eh, it's better than hell. I, uh, when I was a kid, my uh, mom worked for a while and they would take me to a babysitter. And I remember being at this babysitter's house and uh, they served cauliflower. I don't like cauliflower. To this day, I don't like cauliflower and I don't eat cauliflower. I'm 62 years old. I don't have to eat it if I don't want it. But when I was probably four, I had to eat it. They made me eat it. The guy took his belt off and told me if I didn't need it, he was going to spank me. Can you believe anybody would do that? A babysitter would go to jail for that now, wouldn't they? And so I ate the cauliflower and it made me sick and I threw up in my plate. And you know, that guy spanked me with a belt because I threw up in my plate. And uh, my parents were wondering what in the world was wrong with me because I used to look forward to going to their house. And all of a sudden I didn't want to go anymore. And uh, I didn't tell them what happened. I don't know why, but I didn't tell them what happened for a while. And then they said, well, now that explains it. And it was about that time that uh, mom decided to stay home from work and take care of me until I got into uh, kindergarten. And uh, when I think about uh, certain vegetables that I don't care for, here's my standard. I look at them and I go, well, it's not as bad as cauliflower. Okay, is that the way you look at eternal life? That heaven, I don't know, it sounds boring, but it's better than hell. I've got great news for you. It's going to be the most wonderful and exciting thing that you have ever experienced. It's going to be the most enjoyable experience of your life ever. And you get to have it for eternity because it never ends and, um, well, we'll talk about what all that means in just a little bit. So um, how does eternal life, what hope does everlasting life hold for us? Okay, the answer. It reminds us that this present fallen world is not all there is. Soon we will live with and enjoy, don't, don't miss that, and enjoy God forever in the new city, that's why this is the new city catechism, by the way, in the new city, in the new heaven and the new earth, where we will be fully and forever freed from sin and will ha inhabit renewed resurrection bodies in a renewed, restored creation. That's one of those things that if you will really look at that, and you will think about those words that are used and all of the implications of those words and how it's going to be. How many things have gone wrong in your life? Well, we can't even count them up. We don't even remember all of them, but they do affect us psychologically and spiritually. There are things that you went through when you were a child that you don't remember and yet your brain is still acting on those certain impulses or uh, things that you have experienced to this day and you don't even remember them. And some of those things are pretty bad. Some of those things really cause you some problems and some hangups. Some of you have some physical difficulties that you can't overcome. Some of you, um, you may be going through a stage of life right now where 
maybe life's just not a lot of fun or you're losing a lot of people to death that you've always loved being around and uh, it just changes everything. Well, we're affected by that because we live in a fallen and in a sinful world. And the Bible talks about being in a new earth. That's what this answer was, a new earth. Can you imagine an earth where uh, right now they're telling us as I'm recording this that Russia's getting ready or has already started invading Ukraine and certain things happening there. What's going to happen? What is, what is it going to do to NATO? What's it going to do to the price of oil and all of that kind of stuff? Uh, you know, there's always something going on in there. There are always, Jesus told us there would be wars and rumors of wars. So if there's not a war, there's at least a rumor and uh, terrorist attacks. You know, we watch all of that. That would be the rumors of wars. We've always got to be on guard on all of that. Not to mention nat natural disasters. Um, I was talking with somebody just a few minutes ago, in fact, and we were talking about that uh, first big tornado that came through more in 99. It kind of changed the way I looked at tornadoes. Uh, before that, I never really gave them much of a thought at all. And uh, that one kind of kind of changed things. But there are also floods and there are earthquakes and all kinds of things that go on. Wildfires, uh, those cars just yesterday that uh, caught fire at Chick-fil-A up in the north part of Oklahoma City. I mean, there's always something that's going on. And not to mention... Uh, when you have the, the things going on in earth, but what happens in our uh, bodies? And think about how COVID affects people. And, you know, some people went through COVID and it was just, uh, you know, like a, a, a small case of the flu. And then other people end up in the hospital on ventilators. Ask Craig Maggett what's, what that's like. Two weeks on a ventilator. Debbie Ford is on one of those. Ed Lacey, the guy that preached for us, in January of 2020 is fighting for his life as I record this. Uh, so you never know. And why is it that we can't really predict those things? Well, we are in a fallen world and our bodies as, as um, I guess, as uh, cookie cutter as we are, we might say, uh, you know, uh, medicines tend to work for a lot of people and operations work for a lot of people, but there are always exceptions, aren't there? My heart surgeon, when he told me I was going to have to have open heart surgery, he goes, I do need to tell you there's a 1% chance uh, of death. Okay, well, that's, that's pretty good odds on all of that, but unless you're in the 1%. And uh, what is it that makes things so unpredictable and so difficult in life? Well, these bodies are marred by sin and uh, they're going to die. And we get older and things wear out and things quit functioning. And uh, we're going to get a resurrection body. Can you imagine having a body that never gets tired, never gets old, never wears out? So that the things that you do because we've had some times maybe when our kids are visiting with us or something like that, that we have just been talking and having the best time and enjoying uh, them and maybe playing games or laughing. And then we just get tired and we got to call, you know, an end to it and ha have to go to bed. And uh, it's hard to recreate the moment, 
you know, after you, you stop it and you miss those things and you remember those things fondly, can you imagine in heaven it's never going to stop and we're never going to get tired. We're never going to get sick. We're never going to have any aches or pains. We're never going to have any of the things that limit us now. I mean, that's going to be wonderful. Never going to have to say goodbye or anything like that. And the Bible says that there's even going to be a new heaven. Did you notice that in this answer? So our bodies are going to be new. The earth is going to be new. And even heaven is going to be new. In heaven, the only thing I can think of uh, as to why the Lord would create a new heaven uh, is because he is getting rid of anything that has been touched by sin. And heaven is the place where Lucifer and a third of the angels rebelled against God. And so uh, the Lord is going to make one that has never been stained by sin and a new earth that has never been stained by sin and give us new bodies that are not stained and tainted by sin. So that's what we have to look forward to. That's why the Bible says in Revelation in uh, chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was uh, no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place or the tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Mm. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more, neither shall there, there be mourning, that's the grieving type, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things, the old order, the old guard, the sinful things, the cursed things, that's what that's talking about, have passed away. They're gone. That, that is something that you and I cannot even fathom. Now, we can talk about it, and we can use a little imagination, but remember, your eye has not seen anything like it, your ear has not heard anything like it, and it hasn't even entered into your heart what God has prepared for those who love Him, right? It says in the Bible that the half has not yet been told. In other words, we can't even come close to doing that. C.S. Lewis said, it's like a barnacle on the bottom of a boat. And that barnacle is attached there, and that's all it knows. And if somebody were to come to that barnacle and speak barnacle and say, hey, there's a whole other world out there, a world with, with beaches and a world with trees and a world with sky and clouds, the barnacle would have laughed and said, you can't be serious about anything like that. And he just holds on to the ship and uh, lives underwater there. Well, that's kind of the way we are. We are so limited and uh, we are so stuck where we are right now in this sinful, despairing world that, that we can't even begin to imagine what God has for us, the thrill of it, the joy of it, and the fun of all of it. And so um, when you think about eternal life, let's, let's state something that I'm going to be Captain Obvious here, if you don't mind, Okay. You're going to wonder why I didn't become a detective for the police department or something. Here, here's the first point. It is 
eternal. There you go. We're talking about everlasting. We're talking about eternal life. And uh, th there's your first point. You can close your Bible and go home now, right? Offer an invitation. What else can you say? Well, stop and think with me. It is eternal. This life obviously ends. The new one will not. Now, there's not a one of us that doesn't look at pictures and recognize the fact that we're getting older. Some of us are getting very old, right? Sometimes you uh, look in the mirror and you uh, wonder what in the world happened, right? It's obvious we are passing away. We're coming to that time where our life is going to end. We all know that. That's the way it is. We look around and we see things uh, in, our, in our life, maybe even in our city. Um, if you are an older person, and I'm going to say by older person, let's say uh, 35 or 40 and up, I promise you there are things in this city that you've maybe lived in all of your life and you drive by a certain place and say, yeah, that's where we used to. And you've got a memory associated with something there. Or maybe you drive by and that place that you used to eat, that place you used to go to school, that place you used to, maybe even if you went to uh, Southwood Baptist Church and you go to 59th and Western, it's not there anymore. Places you used to worship are gone. Things change. The Bible says this world is passing away. And it's not just the, the things and the stuff and the places we used to go where you would go on dates and that kind of stuff with your spouse. Those things are a lot of times they're gone. They've, they've changed. But even customs and manners, styles of dress, they, they, they pass away. And they change on all of that. We don't hold on to anything. Even if you like it, it changes. And after a while, you can't find it even if you were wanting it. I mean, they just don't make 55 Chevys anymore. That's what I came home from the hospital in. Um, they don't make them anymore. And uh, things change and you may uh, have a certain thing that you liked in a vehicle that you can't get anymore, no matter how much you want to pay for it. And there may uh, be other things that you like to eat and you can't find uh, a restaurant that'll make those things anymore. I mean, it goes on and on and on. OK, that's the way the world is constantly changing, constantly passing away and things that you enjoyed. That time is going to come to an end and it probably cannot be reproduced. OK, it's kind of depressing when you think about it like that until you realize we're not talking about what's going on in this world. We're talking about the life to come, the eternal life that we have coming up. And we think about the joy and we think about the reunion with those who have gone on before us. We think about the glory. We think about the joy and uh, consider this. It never ends. It never ends. Because of sin, this world and life is fallen and it's temporary. Life apart from God anywhere, but especially here, is empty, futile and painful. Can you even imagine what hell must be like? I mean, if it gets bad here, what must it be like apart from the beneficial presence of God in hell? 
And yet heaven's going to be peaceful, it's going to be joyful, and it's going to be, above all, eternal. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, now, now here's the thing, but have eternal life. We're going to be living the life of God. You think God's ever bored? You think God's ever depressed? You think God's ever lonely? No. And we're, have, we have his life that we receive at salvation. We're not going to perish, but have eternal life. That's an everlasting thing. And uh, think about it. We're going to be living in heaven forever, and it's going to be eternal. It never ends. There's never a countdown. There's never a stop. There's never an interruption or anything like that. That is going to be amazing. And your body will not get tired. You're not going to run out of energy or anything like that. There's not going to be anything where you're just overwhelmed. You can't take it anymore. I mean, forever that joy is going to be there and you'll experience it. Number two, okay? This is one that maybe is not quite as Captain Obvious as point one, right? Number two, it is new. It is new. Now, what we mean by that, and what I mean by that when I wrote this, it is, um, uh, let me back up here. Everything touched by sin is changed. So I was thinking about that, and I thought about the, the beauty of, uh, uh, of earth. I've seen some really, really neat things here on the earth. I've lived a lot of places. I've traveled to a lot of places and seen some really, really beautiful things. And I was thinking about that. And um, it occurred to me that if this earth has anything beautiful in it, that's by the grace of God, because this rebellious earth doesn't deserve any beauty or anything pleasant or anything fun at all. And it's only because God is a kind God that he allows us as fallen humans on a, a cursed planet that even nature, the Bible says in the book of Romans, is groaning under the weight of sin. I mean, Adam's sin affected everything, didn't it? And we look at all of that, and yet there are times when we laugh, there are times when we feel lighthearted. There are times when we just, I mean, everything is good and it's fun. There are times when things take away our breath because they're so beautiful. Do you like the Grand Canyon? I, I hope you do. I hope you've been there. And I remember we were taking our kids to see the Grand Canyon back in 1998. Chelsea was uh, pretty little then. And she just couldn't fathom any of that. Well, we finally got there and we got into the park. It was getting kind of late and I wanted to see the sunset over the Grand Canyon and then uh, we would do more the next day. But uh, it was quite a ways from the gate where we entered until we got to the Grand Canyon. And she said, um, how long until we get to this big hole? And that was about all she could imagine in it. Just a, a big hole. Well, when she saw it, and when the other kids saw it, the only thing that could come out of their mouth was, whoa. I mean, it's, you can't even begin to fathom it. It's just beautiful. And yet when you think about it, uh, that canyon was formed, I believe, by Noah's flood. A curse, a judgment. It's uh, what we see as beautiful are really scars, aren't they? 
Now, stop and think with me, track with me. What would a new heaven and a new earth look like? And if you think this place is pretty, if you think this place is fun, if you think this place is adventurous, if you think, you know, any of those kind of things, can you even begin? Well, that's why the Bible says it hasn't even entered your heart what heaven is like. Far from anything that is going to be boring, we're going to be in a place, a new heaven and a new earth, and have new bodies and all creation that groans under the weight of, of sin is going to be done away with. And we're going to have new bodies that uh, they don't die and they don't wear out. They're not diseased or anything like that because there's no sin and there's no rebellion there. Revelation 21, 5. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. That's an all-inclusive thing, right? Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. In other words, um, I'm not for gambling, okay? But if I could choose how I wanted to gamble and what I wanted to do, I, I tell you what, I would take those words right there and I would put everything I own, lock, stock, and barrel down on those words because you can count on what God says. It's going to come true. You can put your money down on the word of God. And it's interesting that when the Lord says from his throne, I am making all things new. And right after that, he said, write that down. Write that down. Make sure you make a note of that. You know why we would do that? Because that's worth remembering. That's worth knowing. And that's what the Lord is saying to John. I'm making all things new. By the way, write that down and keep it in the book because the words are trustworthy and they are true. That's where we are headed. What's this world coming to? I can tell you it's coming to the end. It's coming to destruction. It's coming to where the Apostle Peter said it's going to be taken up in flame and in uh, fire, it's going to be destroyed. And for believers, we're headed toward heaven. We're headed toward a new heaven and a new earth. That's, that's where it's all going. And uh, this is all trustworthy and it is true. So rest in him. Number three, let's think about this. True freedom. True freedom. We think we're free on earth. We've had moments where we've experienced the exhilaration of being able to make a decision to choose for ourselves to uh, be able to enjoy uh, things kind of being like wide open as to what we want to do. We had a lot of options. We've all experienced that kind of on a limited basis, but you know what I mean with that. Can you imagine one of these days in eternity, you're going to have true freedom, sin, temptation, and even sinners and the enemy are going to be gone forever. Now, how many things have you fallen into and you regretted and they caused pain? Maybe they hurt somebody else and they changed your life. How many things have you experienced like that? And you said, oh, I wish I'd never done that. Okay. Now, how many of those things came because of just your own selfish desires? The Bible says, uh, in the book of James, every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lusts and enticed. We've all experienced that. 
How many things have you fallen into because uh, you were going along with the crowd? The Bible says, bad company corrupts good morals. And so sometimes we just, we didn't mean to, and we didn't plan to, but that's what everybody else was doing and saying, and we just kind of joined in. We didn't want to back away. We didn't want to uh, go away from them and we didn't want to be the oddball or anything like that. We just kind of got caught up and it's like we were caught in the flow of a current of a river and we, and we just are caught up and we go along with it. Has that ever happened to you? Of course it has. Of course it has. And in that verse that we were talking about, every man is um, enticed when he is drawn away of his own lust. Who's doing the drawing and the enticing? Well, of course, our lust, our desire plays a part in that or we wouldn't go for it. But somebody's dropping the bait. It's a fishing term. And uh, when you're fishing, you need to use bait that the fish like so the fish will bite it. Well, you bit it. And who did the enticing? It came from the enemy. It came from the enemy. The demons of hell put bait out that they knew you would like and you were enticed. Now, it's your fault because it was your own lust and desire, but they knew that, and so that's why they dropped that bait. Now, here's my point. Can you imagine living someplace for eternity where there's nobody to draw you away? There's no crowd to go along with except crowds of righteousness. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when your only desire is to please and honor and obey God? You don't even want to do the other things, and indeed you're not going to do them because you've been changed. What do you think it's going to be to like to live in a place where there are no tempters, there's no demons, there's no devil, there's no plan, there's no attack, there's no warfare, there's no armor, there's no battle, there are no tricks the schemes and the wiles of the devil. Can you even begin to imagine how different your life would be if you didn't have to put up with any of that kind of stuff? No one to betray you. No one to deceive you. No one to disappoint you. I mean, those days are going to be over one of these days when you're absent from the body and present with the Lord. I mean, that's something to think about and something to look forward to. You see, in justification, we're freed from sin's penalty, and in sanctification, as we grow in the Lord, we're freed from sin's power. It no longer has dominion over us, but it's still there, right? Glorification frees us from the presence of sin, and God redeems us completely. Why is he going to one day call even our bodies out of the grave to come up and be with us in heaven? Because when God redeems, he redeems completely body, soul, and spirit. Your body's just going to take a while, but um, absent from the body, Paul said, present with the Lord, soul and spirit with the Lord, and one day the body. And lost people are, of course, not going to be in heaven. They won't be there to stumble us. Satan and his demons are in the lake of fire. And by the way, just to make sure we all understand this, going back to the cartoon motif, the devil is not in hell poking people with pitchforks. He is there being tormented and being punished because of his own rebellion against God. And understand that we're going to live eternally free from sin and all of its consequences. Revelation 20, verse 10. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophets are, 
and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. It's a place of torment and punishment. Boy, can you imagine how bad it's going to be for him? Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Why does he need to do that? Because believers have been through a lot. You've suffered. I've suffered. People have been persecuted. People have been martyred. People have been betrayed. Uh, everything you can imagine. But it's all going to be over one of these days. The tears will be wiped from your eyes. And death shall, no, uh, shall be no more. And neither shall be, there be mourning. We've already talked about that. Grieving nor uh, crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Boy, no more crying. No more crying. Nothing else is ever going to hurt you. Nothing else is ever going to disappoint you or be painful in your life. No one's ever going to abuse you. No one's ever going to bully you. No one's ever going to threaten you. There's, there's nothing like that at all. Uh, I can't even begin to imagine. And number four, immortality. Our physical bodies will be glorified. Paul said this mortal must put on immortality. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, let's just read it, verses 42 through 44. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown, put into the ground, is perishable. That's kind of a metaphor for burial of a, of a corpse. And what is raised, the resurrection, is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It's ugly. It's awful. And it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. You ever watched anybody die? They get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker until they can't function anymore, right? But it is raised in power. So next time you go to the cemetery and you stand by the graveside of a believer, I want you to think about that day when that body's going to come out, not like you saw it the last time, but alive, immortal, and with power. That's exciting. That's exciting. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 says, Behold, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep. In other words, stay dead. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable. Means they don't decay, they don't rot. And we shall be changed, even those of us who are alive. For this perishable body must put on imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. We've got to get ready to go to heaven is what that is for. And that's what that resurrection is all about. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And so we're going to be raised in glory and power. We may not have died that way and probably didn't die that way, but we're going to be raised in power and glory, changed by God instantaneously. This uh, body's got to be changed to be ready to live in heaven in the presence of God. And we can't do that the way that we are right now. And it's going to be imperishable 
and immortal. It's not going to decay. It's not going to wear out. It's not going to break down and it's never going to die. And uh, this body and our life is going to be victorious over death and the grave, just as Christ was. And boy, we're going to come out of that grave with a shout of victory and uh, be caught up together to meet with the Lord in the air, as 1 Thessalonians 4 says, in addition to this. And uh, what a glorious day that's going to be. And so uh, raised in a glorified body that is like Jesus. So uh, think about that. What does eternal life hold for us? Tremendous, tremendous amount of hope when we see the promises of God. Let's conclude. The joy and victory of these things will last forever. Unending joy that never gets old, never gets boring. Nothing to disappoint, nothing to discourage, nothing to defeat us. All of this will be for our benefit. Uh, all of this will be for our benefit, but for Christ's eternal glory. A situation that we cannot imagine. In the verse that I have uh, kind of paraphrased, I'm going to go ahead and quote now, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So the question would be, do you love God? Are you a God lover? Basically, what I'm saying is, are you saved? And if you have trusted in Christ as the full payment for your sins, and you've turned or repented from your sins, and you have put your full faith in Christ, believing that he was raised from the dead and you surrendered to him as Lord, then as a lover of Christ, this verse we just read is a verse for you. You cannot even begin to imagine. The song says, I can only imagine. Paul says it a little different. You can't even imagine what has been prepared for you. So I hope that helps you out a little bit, that in this world you'll have tribulation, Jesus said. That's a promise. We shouldn't act surprised about that. But he also said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And then he goes on in to tell us that this world is definitely not our home and it's not our destiny. We're on our way, uh, as Andre Crouch said, soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. No more crying there, we're going to see the king. No more dying there, we're going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the king. That's our destiny. Think on these things. Be excited about that. And let all of the trouble that's going on in the world remind you the world is passing away. And we get a whiff of its rottenness every day. And sometimes it's worse than others. What do we do with that? Be reminded of the sweetness of heaven. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the King. Hey, thank you for your time. I hope this has encouraged you. May the Lord bless you and anoint you as you teach this. And praise God for his wonderful promises. God bless you. We'll see you next week.